On this episode of the State of the Bulldogs with Sam, Mike, Jeb, and Grant, where we recap Sam for getting back in the win column with a win over VMI, we will then quickly preview the home game matchup against a bad Citadel team and transition into basketball going over the rest of the Southern Conference. We are also joined by Sanford Crimson Sports Editor Dave Davis Domestic. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and leave a good review. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at State of the Dogs. So with that, let's kick this thing off. I want to make it now! Ain't nothing like it! On the run, he's got room. It's like a five to a ten to win shit. No contest. Hi guys, welcome back into another episode. I know you're probably wondering, this isn't the same voice you hear first of the first at the top and you would be correct as we mentioned before we started recording the substitute teachers in as uh, sam <laughs> yeah sam has prior ob- prior family obligations so let's pause while i write my name on the chalkboard i am mr gardner so with that out of the way let's get into it uh sanford bvmi on saturday 27 to 14 just a game sanford had to have after losing last week mike let's start with you just overall your thoughts on what you saw on saturday uh, first of all, very strange being here without Sam. I think this is the first uh, in podcast history with Sam not at the helm. Uh, we hopefully we can do him proud. Uh, this was, like I uh, predicted last week, a boring game, specifically the scoreless second half. I'll be extremely honest. I was busy yesterday afternoon, so rewatched the game today, and... Got to the halftime and I was like, "This score seems similar to what I thought the final score was." And I looked, you know, I got on ESPN. And I was like, "Oh wow, this is surely enough scoreless second half." Um, so I thought offensively we looked fine in the first half, moving the ball fairly well, uh, somewhat penalty free. I think we might have had like forty-five penalty yards in the first half compared to VMI's maybe five or ten. Uh, but otherwise, you know, 27 points in the first half is, is pretty good against a, a stout VMI defense. I was thinking the same thing. It just, like, confidence getting into that week. You know, VMI at least had a good defense. I don't know much about the offense, but still getting those points on the board was huge. Uh, Davis, what were your thoughts? I was really impressed with the uh, running game, guys. Uh, I think getting that going is going to be key to the rest of our season. Jay Stan looked really good. 100-plus um, yards. Um, pair of touchdowns. Um, he actually only needs 18 yards to pass uh, Jerome Russell for the second most career rushing yards oh, by a Sanford Bulldog in program history. Um, so, storied running back, having another storied season. Um, glad to see the running game get going. I think one of our biggest struggles this season has been the offensive line, protecting Michael Hires. For sure. Um, and establishing a good ground attack. Um, and so seeing that getting going against, yes, not the best VMI team um, is good. Our defense looked great. Uh, no Martin's a tackling machine. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for homecoming this weekend against the Citadel. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot, like the offensive line struggling, protecting hires, whether that's him holding onto the ball too long or still just guys not open downfield. And we did talk about that a couple weeks ago, uh, Jay Stanton in those two games. I don't have it on the top of my head, but he ran a – Ran for over 100, both of those, and then and then ran for 146 and two touchdowns this week. So, yeah, 
Davis, I love what you said about getting the run game going, obviously. Sanford has, hasn't had much success in the run game in the last few years, but still getting at that consistently and showing it would be a big step for the Sanford offense throughout the remainder of the year. Absolutely. And I, and I, I get scoring zero points in the second half isn't a good thing, but uh, glass half full, our defense shut out BMI in the second half. And that's, that's, that's right. pretty good. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, big-time blocked field goal. Uh, to be fair, they blocked one of ours as well, but yeah. uh, big time blocked field goal, and then uh, I mean, if you look at you know look at the box score, it was like punt, 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 yeah. missed field goal, punt, missed field goal, muffed punt on VMI. Uh, so all in all, pretty pretty good performance for our defense. Yeah, and also for, remember on Sanford's side that fake punt that up snapped to Joe Sambera, who had. Green grass in front of him. You could tell as soon as he got to like the twenty, he he was like, "Oh gosh, this is this is a lot of running. I'm, I'm getting kind of <laughs> yeah, tired." Took it thirty five yards. It's not yeah, bad for yeah. a guy his size. Yeah, I saw the clip. He took off, and like as soon as I was like, "Oh, he's going to score!" And I was like, "Oh, oh wait, Grant, this is a defensive lineman trying trying to run <laughs> down the field." But but still positive to see stuff on the special teams. And yet, yeah, you didn't love scoring any points in the second half, obviously. But how about limiting FEMI to no points as well? was uh, still a big step for the Sanford defense. Yeah, I thought in the first half defensively, yeah, they put up 14 points, but it was really two big chunk plays. And outside yeah. of that, uh, pretty easy for our defense. So outside those two big plays, it was smooth sailing for us. Yeah, I think one of the biggest offensive statistics story time, that was only the third time in Michael Hires' career that he didn't have a touchdown in the game at Sanford. Yeah. Um, and so it just shows how prolific he's been, um, and I'm sure he will look to break that statistic next week. Um, but this is a good, good, good game to show that you know when hires isn't clicking, we can still find ways to win um, early in the season. That might have not been the case, uh, but uh, glad we're figuring it out now. Um, so yeah, encouraging offensive performance even without hires scoring a touchdown. So. Yeah, it was kind of like a true classic. Air raid quarterback hires was 34 or 45 for 229. And like you said, no touchdowns, but no picks as well. So that's hampered Sanford in the last few weeks, turning the ball over in key spots, and they obviously didn't do that. But this past week, you could tell hires wasn't completely 100%. You could tell, like, it, near to the end of the game, he took one hit on like, the very last drive, came over the sideline, was stretching that AC, AC joint area in that shoulder. So it's still good to see him moving the ball down the field. And obviously, when you have a great rushing game, when you run for 213 and three touchdowns, that obviously makes you feel better about hires in the offense. Yeah, Davis, you, you're obviously on campus, and we talked about this last week, but, you know, hires being out for the last, like, I guess one play last week against Furman. Any rumblings on campus as to what that was? Was he just too banged up? Yeah, I I, th- I think they're, they were taking some pretty – heavy precautions um, and just making sure he was 100% okay. Um, you know, obviously the season has not gone the way we wanted it, so the last thing we want is our is to play our quarterback unnecessarily. Um, but we have a capable backup. I mean, Quincy Crendon came in and won us some big games um, in a Sanford uniform. So I don't think there's as much panic when, you know, our starter goes out as there would be for other teams, not only in the SOCOM but across college football. Um, so... I, it was kind of just like, okay, he's out for one play, but we have Quincy, so we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. we mentioned that last week, whether we would see Quincy or not in this game after 
after Mike obviously uh, went out in the next to last play of the Furman game. Still, I thought it was interesting. Some quotes from uh, VMI coach Daniel Rocker after the game. Apparently, one of Sam's that he's not here. One of Sam's favorite coaches. <laughs> I, I just fell in love with him over media day. But just a couple quotes. I was talking about Sanford not uh, taking those deep shots down the field. In the past weeks, they've really been throwing the ball downfield, and they're really striking quickly with shots and wheel routes and post fades and goes. So I think you obviously not putting hires back there in the pocket for too long. And obviously, like you said, Davis taking those big hits, they were still find a way, finding ways to move the ball down the field. And also VMI mentioned they were surprised that Sanford could run the ball as well as they did because VMI linebacker who had 12 tackles said that they didn't prepare for the run as much. So like Sanford just found a good look, was able to give Jay Stanton the ball and have, have Jay go do Jay Stanton type things. Absolutely. And I think looking a little bit ahead of the schedule, I know we're going to talk about the Citadel only briefly, you know, if, we win two out of our next three. You know, at Mercer is going to be tough, but if we run the table, you know, finishing seven and four. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I think this is an encouraging result. Taking care of business. You know, we've kind of really, I, I want to say, across most sports, we normally beat VMI. So I think good, nice, nice win here. Um, it's just a good, good thing for the program. Uh, gets the young guys going, um, and there's a, ba- a bounce back win after the tough Furman loss. At home a week ago. Yeah, especially at this point in the season. You take a win however you can get it. We're not going to complain about how how they didn't score in the second half. Obviously, with the big first half, but they didn't score in the second half. So anytime you get a win at, at this point of the season, especially when Sanford has been struggling against those top echelon teams in the conference, it was good just to get some positivity going, which should be another positive bit of news with Citadel coming up this weekend. Yeah, I think Fer- our VMI and Citadel are nice, you know, quote unquote breaks for us before uh, the Mercer and UT Martin games. I feel like the SoCon is kind of split in two in terms of top half and bottom half, with Sanford actually in the middle. Uh, so I guess you could say split in three. We're kind of yeah. too good to be in that bottom tier, but too bad to be in that yeah. top tier, as we've shown, because we've lost those games. So yeah. um, it's nice to play a couple bottom tier teams before. Uh, a Mercer team that we'll, we can compete for to uh, maybe move into that top tier and then obviously a ranked UT Martin team to end the season at home. Yeah, obviously you got Furman who beat Western Carolina in Coldwell last weekend. They're obviously at the top of the conference, but still that tier of quality teams, kind of Furman and Western, and then Chattanooga is kind of below them, and then you got Stanford kind of below Chattanooga. They're hovering in the middle with Mercer. So like you said, Mike, that game against Mercer would be a good way of deciding who's – getting closer to that top echelon of teams. Yeah, Mercer's got two losses right now in the SoCon, so yep. uh, that'll be a big game for us in a couple weeks here because we've currently got three losses, and I'm expecting us to stay at, th- at, uh, at three losses after after Citadel. Yeah, and we obviously haven't – just say it like it is. We haven't beaten a, haven't beaten a good team. We've beaten the teams we're supposed to beat. Obviously, you don't count shorter. And Auburn, you're just going to want to go in there compete lead with injuries. But we haven't been able to compete against those top teams, like I mentioned. So Mercer will be a great test, as they have a lot of great skill guys. Whether it's Ty James, a wide receiver, and other guys on that offense, they can still move the ball against the Stanford defense for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, just good to get some positivity moving to next week. Especially you don't want to make that eight and a half hour bus drive down after a loss. But I go, gosh, this is. This is awful. We already have to travel across the country to go to go follow a loss. That would have sucked. You know, 
I uh, everybody talks about how bad VMI is. I think every athlete that we've had on the podcast that's been to VMI has talked about how bad it is. Just the campus, the drive, everything. Grant, you've been there. You've mentioned it. Yeah. But I think this weekend was the first time that I've seen like footage of the campus. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's literally a prison. <laughs> it's a prison, and the buildings are all that like ugly tan stone. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Just yeah, I mentioned this before. I just remember standing at the press box and looking out like, where where are we? What are we doing here? It's like, oh, yeah, we're playing a football game. <laughs> like they have barbed wire fence around the whole yeah. campus. But... <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think their sports is their main priority at the uh, Virginia Military Institute. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, 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 it's my guess. Yeah, it all started with that uh, pep rally video they had last week before. A couple weeks ago before they played Citadel, and it looked like I mentioned like when Bruce Wayne is in the cave trying to get out of the cave. That's almost that's almost what it looked like. <laughs> but, but anyway, still still good to go out there and get a win for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely not gonna not gonna complain. So with that, let's move over to next this week's game with the Citadel. Citadel, as we've mentioned before, and I've made this joke thousands of times when Maurice Drayton said at his his, <laughs> his preseason press conference, we're not good. People love to hear the truth until you, until you tell it, and I'll tell you right now, we're not a very good football team. And, well, that may still be the case as Furman, or as Furman, wow. That Citadel is 0-7 and 0-4 and and in conference play right now. Yeah, I, th- I think we're headed into the perfect storm for a Sanford blowout on this yeah. weekend. It's homecoming, just means more for the players. Um, it'll be a packed house, um, and uh, get that home cooking going, fresh off a win, I think hires, improves, and gets in the end zone plenty of times uh, this yeah, game. Um, I'm expecting I, – I, I bet Citadel is chippy. They always fight. Uh, they're always well coached, but I do think – that Sanford runs away with this game pretty handily. I'd be shocked if they don't at least cover the spread. Yeah, I mean, you know, I said I said a second ago, SoCon's got two or three tiers. It might be four tiers. It might be everybody and then Citadel way down there. They are winless. They're going to go winless this entire season. They cannot put up points. They're averaging 8.7 points a game in SoCon play. Is that um, bad? Is that, is that bad? Uh, it's not a soccer game. It's a football game. Well, American football. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Plus giving up 37-plus points a game. So just terrible, Toxic terrible, combination. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough with the first-year head coach. They're, and they're transitioning from their standard option offense they've been running for years, moving to not an air raid, but more of a passing system. And that obviously the first couple of years of transition is just awkward trying to flip recruiting class and even more harder at a place like the Citadel where it's just harder to get quality guys coming into your program every every year. Yeah, there's a reason why uh, we scheduled them for homecoming this year. Uh, we kind of <laughs> needed a win uh, for all of our alumni, um, and so that'll be pretty sweet to walk into a 49-7 to blowout at least. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think I think – um, it is tough for the Citadel. Um, obviously, you move, as you said, from the triple option to a more normal passing offense. At comp, combine that with your military school, it's already hard to recruit. Um, just a really bad combination. Um, and so there, there's going to be growing pains there. 
do I think Citadel? There's nothing redeeming about them. No, I think uh, they're they're still tough and uh, still play hard. These guys play football too. Uh, so yeah. Sanford wins comfortably, um, and uh, we move to hopefully, yeah, five and four, headed into a tough Mercer Road test on Veterans Day. Yeah, I did actually. I know Samson here, but I did actually have a trivia question for you guys based for the Citadel. So, again, this is Citadel Week. Citadel has been in the Southern Conference since 1936. I'm pretty sure they're one of the founding members of the conference. But since but since 2000, how many winning seasons does Citadel have since 2000? Wow, what a question. Hmm. Since 2000, how many winning seasons does these Citadel Bulldogs have? I, I rem- If I remember correctly, they beat... Um, South Carolina one year in South Carolina. Maybe it was Clemson. I forget. They beat a team they should not have beaten one year. But hmm. yeah, I've, I vaguely remember that too. Now that you mention it, yeah, interesting. I don't recall that. I feel like maybe they've had a couple good years, but. Uh, I mean, dude, I have no idea. I'm gonna throw a guess out there and say five. Oh, here we go. Uh, they beat South Carolina in 2015, 23-22. Yeah, there you go. Wow. What what year did you say was the starter for it? Since 2000, you said? Yeah, since 2000. Mike, you said five? I'm going with five. five. Do, do, do 500 seasons count? Uh, no, not counting 500 seasons. Over 500, I should have said. Over, over, over 500. Yeah. I'm going to say... Four. <laughs> oh, wow! So, uh, well, uh, Davis, you are correct. They've had four winning seasons since two thousand. I took the under. So, so sorry. Yeah. I was going to say it's risky taking the under, but you basically just priced it right. And like he went up, so I'm just going to go a little <laughs> yeah, bit lower yeah, than him. Yeah, down. you basically you basically just went one dollar on yeah, one dollar. Yeah. yeah, one winning yeah. season. Yeah. Four winning seasons since 2000. In 2007, they went seven and four. In 2012, they also went seven and four. In 2015, they went nine and four, won a playoff game, and then in 2016 was their big year, ten and two, which they also won their first round playoff game. Looking at that 2016 season for the Citadel, I mean, it was one to remember. Uh, you you go into a game at North Carolina undefeated. Um, but you, you you lose your last two, uh, you lose at North Carolina. Obviously, that was going to happen, and then you lay an egg against Wofford, losing seventeen to three at home. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, ran, completely ran the table. Wins at Mercer, Furman at Gardner Webb at Western Carolina at North Greenville. You beat Chattanooga, and then you beat Sanford in uh-huh. OT. So yeah, what, ran really best year for. And, and it was Brent, head coach Brent Thompson's first season. So well, yeah. a lot went right for the Bulldogs that year. Not a lot has gone right since. Gosh, and they beat Chattanooga in those prime years, and they were really good at top of the conference. That's insane. So, yeah, maybe that, that year's looking more and more like a fluke as we <laughs> take a step back. But uh got to soak it in. Just like Stanford last year, got to soak it in because you never know what can happen next season. Yeah, right, gosh. We, we need last year back now that you mentioned it. <laughs> but yeah, four four winning seasons since since two thousand. Have they had Pretty any winless seasons, or will this be a first? 
That I that did not look up. That should have been a trivia question. Yeah, that, that that's a much better one. If I did more research, maybe maybe that would have helped. But I was, I was like, oh yeah, let's do this. No, I don't a, think that was so. A good question. Was... It's really hard to not win a game in co- not only in college football but just in general in football. So I doubt <sighs> yeah. it. Who, yeah, who did scroll- they play that they should have won? Scrolling through Wikipedia, I don't see any. Sorry, what was that, Mike? I'm trying to remember their schedule. Uh, oh, was it South Carolina State that that was the, like kind of their gimme, like the version yeah. of, our, of our shorter, and they still lost 30, 31 to ten. Yeah. South Carolina State actually is not as bad as people give them credit for. Um, there and Citadel was also on the road that game, so it wasn't a bye game. Um, okay. So, yeah, South Carolina State's actually a MIAC powerhouse. But, yes, that was yeah. they should have won that game either way. But, yeah, you lose at Georgia Southern. You lose at home to Campbell, 56-7. Yeah. That might have been their game they should have won. But, uh, yeah, yes. not good. Not good. Yeah, don't underestimate the Camels of Campbell. Yes. <laughs> they won every is, is yeah. great. Yeah, they were awesome last year. Everybody knows this. You don't mess with the Camels of Campbell Davis. Can't believe you didn't. Didn't even think of that. Yeah. 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 So just moving over to Citadel this year, Mike, you've mentioned it. Points per game for this team last. Yards per game last in the conference. Yards allowed per game last. They've allowed 472 yards per game, which is almost 100 yards than the than the next closest team, which is Western Carolina, next to last. But the good thing is their offensive line is only allowed three sacks all season, so that, that would be amazing if we had an offensive line that only allowed three sacks all year. That'd be incredible. <laughs> I think we'd be looking at a different record for Sanford if we could tr- if Citadel and, I, and we could trade offensive lines. Uh, so yeah, yeah. You say three sacks, take the first quarter against Furman, and we'd give that up already. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, and it's a good time for uh, Jay Stanton to have his big game as Citadel is also last in uh, rushing yards per game allowed at 213. Keep it, if he keeps it going, he could end up with the most yards in uh, Sanford running back history. Uh, pretty incredible statistic um, when you think about it. So, Especially considering he's sharing carries with DeMonte Witherspoon. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And you've got older, older running backs like Zach Evans and Fabian Truss obviously were two guys that were – monsters at the schools that would be pretty cool if he was able to find his way to get to top of both those guys that'd be awesome yeah it Sticking looks like with, their quarterback yeah, play is sorry let's just say yeah. the quarterback plays less than stellar as well it's like they've got two quarterbacks that get a little bit of playing time but uh grayson underwood their primary quarterbacks averaging about 50 percent completion with two touchdowns and four interceptions so uh man that's just just not good to only have it's two touchdowns, seven games into the season. I, I'd be shocked if they didn't improve next season. Um, I yeah. think we always see an improvement from porous first coach of seasons because most of the time everyone comes back. Um, you know, you get a year under the system. Okay, okay, flush that year away. Here's what we can build on. Um, am I saying Citadel runs the table and wins the SoCon next year? No, of course not. Yeah. Do I think they steal some games they shouldn't win? Yes. I think I think that's, that process starts next year, though. Yeah, I think it's also fair to say that they have not played Wofford or ETSU yet. They finished their season on those two games. So I think you've got to – the numbers might be skewed a little bit given that those are the two teams that 
Sanford has beaten, uh, including Furman or BMI. So uh, who knows? They could sneak a win in there to end the season and keep Maurice Drayton's job for next season, um, or at least give their you know players a little bit of confidence going into the off season. Maybe score a few more touchdowns than they have uh, the first seven games of the season. Yeah, I believe that Wofford game is Citadel has that at home. I believe I want to say. That's always a good rivalry game in state, so I think the fans will, will yep. be excited for that one, and I bet it'll be close. Yeah, it looks like Citadel uh, Wofford is in Charleston, and then UTSU will be in Joplin City. Okay, yeah. And also wanted to shout out their running back Wallace Cooper, who leads the team in rushing and receiving yards, which which is pretty cool. I love a good depending- threat running back. <laughs> Yeah, depending how you look at that, it's pretty cool, I should say. But yeah, that's kind of that's awesome for him. Yeah, to have your running back and to have your running back to lead your team in rushing and receiving—that's I don't know if that's a great sign, but still having a <laughs> quality guy like that to even move move the ball down the field for your offense obviously is huge. But well, I'd say the bigger concern is that your leading receiver only has twelve receptions on the year. Oh gosh, that's one game for. Uh... For pick any Sanford, any Sanford yeah, receiver, say, on, pick a any Sanford yeah. receiver on a yeah. good day. Yeah, he's rushed for 251 and has 172 receiving yards. It's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it lightly. Yeah. I'm trying to give him some love, Davis. My goodness. <laughs> I'm trying so, to. Yeah. Well, maybe our uh, secondary will look competent. He is he is two for two on passing thirty six yards. So he he's he's literally done everything on the football field. Yeah, Mike, like like you just mentioned, let's see how this secondary reacts and how see if they let Citadel in the end zone or not. Right. Yeah. Uh, unless they give up a a busted play like they've yeah been shown to do in the past, I, I don't see it happening. But then again, we've given up busted plays to shorter so. Um, that was the first week of the season, but yeah, I wouldn't put it past our, our our secondary. Yeah, I know we mentioned the schedule was tough in the beginning, but it's good. It's good to get these two get right games kind of squeezed in between Mercer and Furman last week. Yeah, I think in terms of things we're looking for, like I think yeah. we know what we're looking for on offense and defense, but uh, keeping everybody healthy is like these are the kind of games where you just don't want to lose somebody important for no reason at all, especially the quarterback. So I feel like we've been fairly healthy all season. I know Hires has had his fair share of, of dings, but he's still managed to play every game. So um, I don't think we've had any major season-ending injuries at this point. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I I, th- I think this is a Quincy Crendon game. I don't see. I don't think he starts, but I think early fourth quarter we're seeing Michael just hanging out on the bench. Um, Absolutely. And I, I think that goes for most of our starters. And I think, I think, you know, the team's fired up for that. You know, you look, you look at this, you look at this game, and you want to really impose your will. And I think it's a chance for guys who don't normally get to play to shine, not only in just a, another game, but for homecoming in front of a packed house. Uh, so I think it's an exciting opportunity for Sanford to really, you know, we haven't been able to beat the good teams, but we've been able to beat up on the bad ones. Uh, so just continue that streak, and maybe we can. Steal a win at Mercer. Yeah, obviously, yeah, if you're one of those guys, if you're one of those guys that hadn't seen the field, you kind of circled this game. Like, okay, maybe this is the game where I get in and get in and show what I can do. 
See, I think we've kind of talked about everything about everything this game that we want to see. Mike, do you have a s- score prediction for Saturday? Uh, I'm thinking like I'm thinking we could put up 45, maybe 45 to 10. Uh, if our offense does what they should, I mean, I don't know. Coming off a scoreless second half against VMI, but VMI does have one of the top defenses in the league. So Citadel is on the other end. Um, I do think it'll be fairly seamless and probably depends on when we pull our starters. Yeah. Davis, what about you? I, I, th- I think the homecoming factor really pushes us over the edge. I th- I'm thinking, a, 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 again, a blowout, and I'm thinking 56-7 to 7 Bulldogs. Sanford, that is. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking the same way. I didn't know whether to go too high or too low, so I'll probably just go like 45-3. to 3. I think they'll find what they did to VMI and get to a certain number and like we mentioned, put those other guys in and see if they can make plays and see if they can get there. But I think they kind of hit that number and they coast the rest of the way, hopefully with no injuries. So it should be exciting for a homecoming, especially with a bunch of people in attendance. So that will give more guys more juice to go out there and play with Will Davis, like you mentioned earlier. All right, so moving over to basketball. But first, let me first let me tell you about Whammy. For a moment, we want to discuss what fuels us. If you're a listener of the pod, you know Sanford, Sanford Sports gets us excited but we couldn't cover all of our bases without good coffee. Before we start our game day, we love brewing up a pot of Whammy coffee. Not only does Whammy produce excellent coffee, they also make it fun to drink. With a mystery toy in every bag of beans, you can pair our podcast with a cup of Whammy for a perfect start to the morning. With quick shipping and rotating options, you can find your favorite bag of coffee anytime at whammycoffee.com. So we've gone over football. Now let's move over to basketball a little bit. As the season is quickly approaching in a couple of weeks, as I keep mentioning, Zach Eady and Purdue. Let's do it. I'm excited. Has Zach Eady, well, we are too. Zach Eady and Purdue coming in. But we'll get over. We'll get oh, go over the other SoCon schools in a second. But since Davis, we have you on. Just to quick thoughts, what do you think about this Sanford team coming into the year? I think when we look, guys, at not only Sanford but the SoCon as a whole, this is just full of question marks. That our players going to step up? Because most teams are losing their top talent, and that extends to Sanford. No Quest Glover, no Logan Die, no Bubba Parham. You get Jermaine Marshall back, but outside of that, it's about, hey, who's going to step up? Can a Chor Chor take the next step and be a true number one big man? Can our freshmen come in and be uh, big-time game threats? Can A.J. Stane McRae continue being uh, elevating into one of the top scorers in the SoCon? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think we will see early and often if Sanford can hang, you know, road games at Purdue and at VCU, two March Madness teams from a season ago is going to be a huge test. Um, And I think if Sanford really fights hard in those games, I'm not saying they have to win. I don't think they will. But, you know, just really performs well in those games, keeps it relatively close. I I think we're – I'm pretty excited headed into SoCon play. Um, but I have pretty high expectations. There's, again, just like last season, I don't think there's any reason why Stanford, if they stay healthy, shouldn't win the SOCOM. Yeah, we talked about the two last week a little bit before we hit on our bas- a full basketball preview about Stanford next week, but a little bit about who steps up in the in that big man spot. Logan Dye was obviously a key contributor last year. Does a chore chore? Does he limit those fouls, stay out of foul trouble, stay on the court longer? Has the game slowed down a little bit for him? And you just got to see what what point guard steps up and takes those Quez minutes and uh, scores the ball like Quez did last year and the year before. 
Yeah, there's certainly a ton of question marks around the uh, – not necessarily the roster. I think the roster is extremely complete. It's just about how they're going to mesh. And like you said, Davis, who's going to show up? Because we mentioned it briefly last week, but so many big transfers that are going to hopefully and potentially get big minutes. So um, how those guys are going to mesh, I do I'm, – I'm so excited about our offense and just – how we're expecting this offense to flow compared to past years. And Bucky mentioned that he's expecting the, you know these guys to, to, to really click and to mesh well, and it's not going to be ISO ball like it has been in the, in the last couple of years under Bucky with Quez at the helm. I think the two-point guard transfers that we brought in are really pass-first guys that can assist. Um, so, you know, will the offense – uh, who, who's going to be our big-time scorer? I'm sure Jermaine Marshall will have his fair share like always, but can Jaden Campbell step up? I know he was injured some last year. A.J. Staten McRae is one of our you know, podcast favorite players. Uh, we've had him on the pod. So um, I think there's like so much to be excited about, but I'm also, you know, I'm the Debbie Downer of the group. I'm, I'm trying to, to maintain expectations until I see these guys play together. I agree. I think the by committee approach, as we've seen with national champions of past years, works better than hero and iso ball. You know, you always have to have one guy that can take over a game. You look at UConn last year, it was a committee approach. There were plenty of stars, but Adama Sanogo was the one guy down low who could just take over a game. Oh, he was a beast and, in that uh, tournament. Yeah, I just remember him scoring at just. Yeah. He was down low. And when you look at Sanford this year, you know, who is that guy? We've seen flashes. It's probably Jermaine Marshall, but you never know. Um, so I, I like that we're kind of taking it, really emphasizing, I, I hope, and I've heard, team basketball. Um, sounds like the guys are clicking well together. Um, and I'm excited to see what a how Bucky really develops his offense more with a more team approach rather than, hey, Quest, here's the ball, take over kind of approach. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a big question. You know, David, she mentioned a chore, chore. I think that 4-5 spot is probably the – that, in my opinion, is the key. Uh, can a chore, chore step up? Is Zach Loveday the guy that he was out of high school, you know, big four-star four recruit? Um Will Riley Allenspock step up? I mean, he's, in terms of recruiting standpoint, one of the higher-rated recruits that Sanford's yeah. ever had and definitely seems like a guy that's got, like, the skill set, the footwork, the finesse that a big guy needs to to be a uh, productive four. So I think if we can get that that four or five spot figured out, I've got confidence in our one through three to, uh, you know, to put the full team together. Absolutely. Uh, one of my most underrated combos that I loved watching last year in the SoCon was the combo at UNC, UNCG of Muhammad Abdul Salam and Boss Leite. Uh, you know, th- these were guys who didn't like score like 20 a game, but they were just big bodies who controlled the defensive side of the ball, would get rebounds, and set the tone. And, you know, I think that's what we don't need as, uh, like a star center. We'd love to have one, but like we just need guys to fill in make stops, and complement our guards outside well. And so I'm hoping that's what Loveday and Allenspot can bring. You know, I've, I've seen a chore around campus. He's been hitting the weight room. He's looking pretty good. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to be more center by committee rather than, okay, here's the guy that we build around. 
Yeah, I think a chore chore has a big, obviously big shoes to fill with Logan Dye, but I've heard good things about him over the offseason. He's kind of been the one guy returning that's matured. The game seems like it's slowed down for him, and he'll, it seems like he'll be a key contributor to start the year at least, and we'll see if how that rotation works out with Loveday and Allen Spock. But, Mike, you mentioned that one name that's been to my first. That's that's A.J. Staten McRae. What does he look like? Does he become that second scorer, that X-factor? I know he's had injuries in the past. He was relatively healthy last year, but is he, he going to be that second guy when Jermaine isn't, isn't right one night? Is he going to be the guy to take over? Because when you go look at the guards, we're not going to have super big guards. That's obviously was the thing last last year in your rollout of backcourt of of a Quez and Bubba Parham. So I still think AJ would be that X factor. Can he take that next step and be that second leading scorer? Yeah, we saw flashes in individual games last year offensively. I mean, defensively, he shows up every game, and that's what I love so much about him. It's that tennis background, the footwork that makes him so aggressive on defense. But offensively, he you know, he had his games where he showed up, but can he put it together and you know piece it together to be – be there for us every game because I, I do think that we need that from somebody this year because uh, it can't be Jermaine Marshall every single game. Yeah, Davis is the one guy you're kind of thinking whether it's a returner or a guy coming or a newcomer that you think could step up to a key role. Yeah, I, th- I think Staten McRae could become. I think he's could be also con first team depending on if how he how I want him to play. Um, I, I'm more, I'm most interested in who holds the rock at point guard. Yeah. Um, is it right? Is it Rylan Jones? Is it Lucas walls? Is it Josh? Is it Josh Holloway? You know, who is it? You know? And I, I think that's a big question mark, um, that I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, I, I think one name that I think kind of is getting lost under the fold is Nathan Johnson. You know, Nathan Johnson comes back, you know, he obviously was not as advertised last year. Um, definitely had some moments, but overall wasn't the best. But I think, you know, this year he has a chance to really, like, step up and cement his spot in the rotation, maybe even as a sixth man. Um, so I'm hoping he steps up. Do I think he will? Maybe. I don't know. Again, I just, I just can't wait to see the boys play, you know, at Purdue, hostile environment, see how they respond to that. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited for next week. Yeah, I like that Nathan Johnson shot. You could tell near the end of the year he kind of lost confidence a little bit and wasn't getting as many minutes as he did start the year. But can he be that guy who consistently knocked down shots in the corner when uh, when you got Garrett Hicks or Ryland make things happen? Can he be the guy and spot up and make some threes? So I do like that factor of him being a key guy to look out for. Can he can he be that stretch three, maybe stretch four to find a way to get Sanford uh, scoring some more? Yeah, he definitely disappointed on those corner threes last year uh, when we needed him. But, I mean, it's tough to be a shooter. Uh, sometimes you just lose your shot. But, uh, I mean, he, he could very well potentially be, you know, a starter uh, at some yeah. points throughout the season. So, I agree, Davis. That's a great name to call out. Yeah, he shot uh, 30% from behind the arc last season. So, Another name I'll throw into the fold is Jaden Campbell. Um, you know, he's, he had some troubles late in the season. Um, but you know, he's had moments where he can get to the rim at will, um, and spot up from three. Uh, it's just for Jaden Campbell and Nathan Johnson. It's all about consistency. 
Um, ha- they haven't shown that as well as our, our pl- other players, um, namely Jermaine um, and AJ. So they find that consistency. You know, I think they cement a role in rotation. I think I think we see Jaden, Jermaine, AJ in a tour that combination starting, and who knows at point guard. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that's our starters headed into West Lafayette. Yeah, Jaden had some injuries last year with the back, right? It was the back. Yes. Uh, and I know that in our in our interviews with Jermaine and AJ, both of those guys were extremely high on Jaden coming into this season. Obviously, that was several months ago, like early in the summer. Um, but I've always said I think Jaden's one of the most, in terms of just pure athleticism, one of the most athletic guys in the roster. I mean, the dude can get up there. He's fast. Uh, and he's he's a shooter. Uh, or can be a shooter. So um, I think hopefully with him an entire offseason healthy, he can make that next step. Yeah, from what I've heard, everybody is healthy and should be ready to go heading heading to Purdue. So that's definitely key getting through a camp without any injuries for sure, especially when you're going on the road against the number one overall seed last <laughs> year. So. So, Davis, where do you see uh, Ken Palm has uh, this Southern Conference as a three-way tie at the top between UNCG, Furman, and Sanford? We'll get into those other teams a little bit, but is there a – I know I'm putting you on the spot, but is there any place you think Sanford might finish in the regular season, whether it's first, second, maybe – I think the the floor maybe is fourth, but I don't see them falling any, any further in fourth unless some bad injuries happen. So is there a certain, certain place you think Sanford might finish in the conference? Yeah, I'm thinking. I agree. I think the floor is four. Um, I, 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 I don't see us. I, I see us finishing top three right now. I have us at right at um, third, um, and I, I think the problem is going to be the teams in purple um, with Furman and Western Carolina. Um, I get why UNCG is a popular pick. You know, you return the Laneley twins, um, and that those they're always a problem. But when I look at Furman, Western Carolina, especially Furman coming off of a March Madness bid, um, you know those teams return a lot of their talent. Um, obviously, Furman loses Bothwell and Slauson. Um, and so, yeah, yes, thank goodness. Um, and so, losing those guys obviously is huge. I don't think they have guys who can like take over a game yet. But you return J.P. Pegues, you return Marcus Foster, you return Vanderwall. And Hine and all and all of these guys who maybe weren't like superstars but were great role players and I think Williams, uh, yeah, and Williams and I think what Richie is doing is, and I'm guessing here is he's constructing his roster maybe like a Virginia, like a UVA, yeah, uh, the team that ironically he beat last season um, in March Madness. You know, there wasn't when you look at Virginia these past uh, I guess couple of years and maybe even decades, there hasn't been a true star, you know, Malcolm right. Brogdon, maybe, but overall it's just been, Hey, we're we play team basketball. We're going to defend. We're going to give you 40 minutes of hell basically. Um, and so, you know, looking, looking at Furman this year, I don't think they have a true superstar, but I think it's just, you, you bring back all of your role players pretty much. And that that's dangerous for Sanford. You bring experience is probably the greatest weapon in college basketball. When you look at Western Carolina, they do bring back some stars. They yeah, almost bring everybody. Back, almost everybody. Tyjon Claude is gone, but you bring back 
uh, Vontarius Woolbright. You bring back leading scorer Trey Jackson. You bring back uh, speed demon Russell Jones Jr. at point guard. Um, and so I think I think the Catamounts are not only a sleeper pick to win the conference, but I think they I think they do win the regular season um, for the SoCon. Furman finishes second, and then Sanford third, and SoCon tourney never know what can happen. Uh, but I think we finish top three. Yeah, especially SoCon tourney don't know whether you know. Let's just say a Jake Stevens comes out of injury and he just comes and has a he is gone. Misses. Thank goodness. Yeah, I was going to mention them. Stevens is another guy in the thank God that he, he's out of eligibility category. <laughs> I'm just surprised the Lanley twins are still here. I feel like they've been here on UNCG forever. Yeah. That COVID year is messing me up. Oh, it's messing everybody up. Like every time we ask, does this guy have a year left? So honestly, I have no idea because <laughs> he could be in his fifth year or seventh year. We don't yeah. know. He could be camerizing Utah having to come back for his seventh or eighth year because of the injury, but you just don't know. Yeah, I do like when you talk about those two purple teams, obviously Stanford going 0-2 last year against Furman and Western bringing everybody back, that four of their five leading scorers. So I do think that those two key will see how Stanford does, that way they can stack themselves up against the rest of the conference. Because you know VMI and Citadel, for all their flaws, and, and even Wofford, they're not going to bring that much. And you're and maybe Wofford – doesn't complain about having tough practices, and so maybe they're a little bit better. I don't know, but I still, when you talk about those two teams that are going to be with Stanford along with UNCG, but I still think Western Carolina, who's a sleeper that's been mentioned to win the conference, those two teams are going to be Stanford needs to compare themselves against the rest of the league. Absolutely. I think those two teams also have probably the best guard play, um, whereas our guard play is – Yet to be tested or yet to be seen, I guess. Uh, so I mean, we all thought JP Pegee was gone after he hit that shot against Virginia. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that him and Richie both came back, and I'm honestly so so freaking pumped for basketball season, though. Yeah, it should be just as fun as last year, if not more fun. Uh, so excited, just antsy to see our team. You know, so much anticipation. I'm getting close. I think there is a fervor on campus as well. I, I think when you look at this past couple of years with Quez, um, it was fun. But like when you talked about basketball team, the basketball team, everyone was like, well, I know Quez. And then no one else really got their shines. Remain maybe a little bit towards the end of the season. And, of course, Logan Dye was a fan favorite. But this year really focused uh, – talking to Bucky, it sounds like he's focused on team basketball, which is what he yeah. specialized in in Mountain Brook. And I think – if Bucky gets in his bread and butter, he's obviously wins a lot of games, games that people think he shouldn't win. Do I think we beat Purdue? No. I think they're ready for an upset after FDU. What? But <laughs> I think I think we keep it close, and I think after that, who knows what's going to happen. I'm super excited for the season to start. We've got not only in the SOCOM, but across college basketball, we've got a great early non-conference games headed into Thanksgiving. Uh, so I'm super excited. Especially when you lead off with a Purdue, obviously number one overall seed, then a VCU who's a tournament team every year. So, one, getting to find teams that will schedule us, and two, getting to have those quality teams at the start of the start of the year just to gauge yourself throughout the first couple of games before you move on to Mississippi College and South Carolina State. So that first <laughs> week will be awesome. So, 
Yeah, a little bit of a bummer that we had to kick the season off with those two teams rather than yeah. you know put them somewhere in the middle of our non-conference play. Uh, I don't think we have another like extremely competitive game until Belmont in December, which should be a lot of fun. But yeah. regardless, uh, it's basketball, man. We love just college basketball, best time of the year. Yeah, just going through Ken Palm, they have like the projected scores and everything for every team. It has us losing the first two and then going on a complete stretch until we play Western January 17th. So, wow. Checks out. So, again, the schedule isn't tough, but you still, like you said, you still got Belmont in December, and you've got teams that have won, I want to say, almost four or five teams that won their league last year. So, Absolutely. I'm not getting ahead of myself at all. Um, so just really focused game-by-game approach like we did last year. Yeah. Um, and I think, obviously, the season didn't end the way we wanted to, but I could really tell Bucky was focused, hey, how do we, how do we maximize this game? Um, and so it really benefited our team, you know, one of our best finishes ever. Obviously, when losing the last two games stunned a lot, uh, but I think this team's on the right track and a threat to win the SoCon once again. Yeah, I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but since joining the Southern Conference, this was since like '05, our first winning winning record in conference play was last year. So huge. Yeah, which speaks. I don't know about the other teams, but speaks to how how good last year was. Yeah, pretty crazy. I know back in when I was there, I mean, we had a couple years where you know we we felt like we had talented rosters and uh, thought we were good at the time, but. To, to look back and just see like how much better we are now. It's something sure. that we cannot take for granted. Like we talked about with football, uh, historically we're not a great basketball program, so the fact that we've got all this hype, all this buzz around us, we're getting these big-time recruits and these big-time transfers, Like it's, it's hard to not take that for granted because – I mean, Bucky's been here for three years now, so there's been hype for three years, and the students that are coming in are like used to it, but – just a PSA, like we, we've got to appreciate appreciate this while we've got it. I think Bucky signing a multi year extension certainly helps yeah, with that. But I, seven, I think it was like a seven year deal. Seven years, yeah. and and that is huge for our program because you yeah. know that even even though he hasn't made March Madness, the, the big time programs are starting to take a look. Yeah, seeing him turn turn us into a mid major slowly into a mid major powerhouse. So. Yeah. I think that those eyes get a bit bigger if we pull off two stunners against Purdue and VCU, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Very much feels like we're knocking on the door, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah just whether we get over that hump, but it'll be, it'll be fun to find out for sure. So let's uh, move on to State of the Bulldogs after we preview basketball season, which is upcoming. Soccer beat Chattanooga this afternoon as we're recording 2-0 to finish 10-3 in the 5 on the season. Uh, ETSU beat number one Western Carolina today as well. So Sanford will be the three seed in the SoCon tourney. And will play at Chattanooga on Friday. So, Quite unusual feeling. Something that has not occurred since before yep. my time at Sanford. Uh, but like I said last week, the implementation of ties into college soccer, I think, hurt us a little bit. Uh, but you don't have ties in tournament play. So it'll be fun to see uh, how we can go out Scoring in the SoCon tournament, hopefully make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. You got to wonder if the gravy train's in trouble. Uh, you know, uh, I think I, I think this, yeah, this is the uh, first year in a long time that we're not outright 
or even share in a SoCon regular season title. But talking to the players, you know, regular season doesn't matter. Uh, it's all about the tourney, um, and I think we're focused, we're ready. Um, obviously, no ties in tournament play certainly helps. Uh, you, you either win or you lose. So uh, we will see um, come Friday where we're at. But, you know, I, th- I think Coach – I'm not going to bet against Coach Yeldon. Uh, he's just too much of a proven winner. I think Sanford, once again, wins their conference tournament. And uh, we'll see what happens come the NCAAs. Yeah, that would be back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances, which would be awesome. Huge. So, yeah, let's just see how they respond to not – I think this the conference had a stat first time in, like, 12 years that Sanford is not hosting some sort of soccer and tournament play. So just another streak we mentioned. But, uh, again, the ties are what factor into this. If we maybe win a couple more of those games, you're solo second, and you're at least hosting a quarterfinal matchup. So – Absolutely. So shout out to Socrates. Hopefully, as you said, Davis, they can get it done and head back to the tournament. Moving over to volleyball, they got swept last Thursday to the Citadel, which, I mean, hey, everybody's – somehow the Citadel is a monster in volleyball. They're still one of two teams in the entire country that's undefeated. So, again, you're not going to – obviously you want to win, but going on on the road like that, you're not going to sweat. By losing to a team of that caliber. Yeah, Citadel's disgusting at volleyball. You know, <laughs> not I'm not crying over that result. Yeah. Um, team's not where I want it to be right now. You know, sub 500. Um, but you know, again, SoCon tournament's coming up in a couple weeks, um, and that's what it's about. Um, yeah. So just get a good seating, maybe steal a couple games, head into the tournament, get some momentum going. Uh, I, th- I think Coach Chan will be pretty pleased where we're at. Yeah, and on Saturday they went on the road to UNCG and won three to one. So you, a good responding back with a win uh, after the loss at Citadel. Absolutely. And volleyball is back home this weekend for Furman on Thursday and Wofford on Senior Night. So last two home games get out and support the girls. They're currently fifth place in the conference right now. But again. You just want to be playing good ball until you get to the tournament. As is it in every sport other than football, you just want to build confidence and anything can happen once you get inside tournament play. Absolutely. So with that, Citadel week for football is next. Guys, any any last-minute thoughts about uh, football coming up on Saturday? Go dogs. Go the, the real Bulldogs, that is. Go Sanford. <laughs> now looking forward to scoring some points. Should be a yeah, home, good go. homecoming environment. Yeah, be a good, a good feel win for they go to Macon, Georgia, to play Mercer next week. So with that, we will do a full Sanford basketball preview on our next episode with the season closely approaching with Purdue next week, and media day should be hap- or will be happening next week. So we'll have the polls and everything to react to, see where Sanford is, and how coaches and media see them for the preseason. So, so that will be fun and again. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And, Best uh, sports time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally every sport. And, oh, yeah, we have a website as well. You go to stateofthebulldogs.com. You can go read the Sanford scoop and get all your game recaps. And like David said, best time of the year. You want to make sure there's going to be a lot of content, a lot of games going on. So go check out our stuff there. And also, thanks, Davis, for joining us, man. Appreciate you filling in for Sam. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to being on again soon. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, Davis. 
go check out his work with the Stanford Crimson at stanfordcrimson.com. Mike, I hope when the teacher comes back, the classroom looks okay and all good. So the, subs- <laughs> the substitute here didn't mess it up as much. Hopefully the teacher comes back, please. I'd say you're a natural. Yeah, great job, Grant Davis. Thanks again for joining. It's great to see you. I think the last time we talked, we still had Quez Glover enrolled at Sanford. He's been at three schools since. So it's good to see you, man. I just got to get the NIL package ready. Yeah. Exactly. All right, thanks, Davis. Appreciate it. And with that, the state of the Bulldogs is out. Hey, you already know. You know, Sanford, about to get that ring, man. Hey, love y'all. We love y'all.